welcome to the heartland of the Jesus Name Pentecostals, the Louisiana District of the United Pentecostal Church Tape Ministry. Tapes may be obtained by writing Tape Ministry, P.O. Box 248, Tioga, Louisiana 71477. Let the tape roll. May you be blessed by this ministry to the glory of God. There is such an awesome presence of God here tonight. This is the kind of atmosphere that you can expect great things to happen in. Now, if we closed shop right now and went home, we would have to say that we have already been in one of the greatest services that's ever been held on this campground. We would have to say that we've already seen miracles because in this building we prayed a prayer of faith and in that house up there in the woods where Brother Tenney lives, an angel of the Lord appeared and instantly healed his body. We've already had good church tonight. But I got good news for you. The greatest miracle that God's ever done or the greatest miracle that God will ever do is to fill a human being with his power by filling them with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And God's going to do that before we leave here tonight. God's going to fill every hungry heart with the Holy Ghost. Do you believe that? I want you to take the hand of the person beside you. Brother Mangan asked everybody to stand that had not received the Pentecostal experience. My experience is over the years that about 25% usually honor that request. Three out of four stay seated when we ask. I've got a feeling there's a bunch of folks here tonight that need the Holy Ghost. A bunch of backsliders here tonight that you know in your heart you need to make your way back to God. A lot of folks here that it's been a long time since you felt that refreshing touch. You need to feel that. You need to feel that again tonight in this place. Join hands all over this building. Every person in this building. You don't know who you're standing by maybe and you don't know what their needs are. But I want you to pray now. Father, I want you to fill every hungry heart. I want you to meet every spiritual need. We've prayed for the sick. We've prayed for the diseased. We've prayed against the enemy. But Father, now we're asking for the greatest miracle that you ever do. We want you to fill with the baptism of the Holy Ghost tonight. We want you to refill and refresh every hungry heart in this place tonight. We believe you for it. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise God. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 9. 2 Peter chapter 3, 
Verse number 9, while you're turning there, let me say again, what a great honor it has been for myself and my family to be here. Thank you, Brother and Sister Tenney, Brother and Sister Mangan, this district board, Brother and Sister Ewing, all of those that have seen after us this week and have made our time here so special. We will forever be indebted to you. Thank you, saints of God, for the way you have prayed, and the way you have worshipped God, the way you have responded this week. I just feel like God is fixing to honor all of that with a great miracle in this place tonight. Can you say, I believe God? Come on, say, I believe God. You know, I, it, it really doesn't matter to me who you are. You can be in poverty or you can be wealthy. You can be educated or uneducated. You can be black or white. You can speak English or Spanish. You can be skinny or fat. You can be ugly or good looking. It really doesn't matter who you are. The Bible tells us that God will fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost if you're hungry to receive it. And I sense in my spirit that there are people here tonight who are hungry to receive something special from God. Anybody here tonight hungry? Hallelujah. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. The Bible said the Lord is not slack. Everybody said the Lord is not slack. Concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Let me read it for you this way. Number one, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. Number two, but is long-suffering to usward. Number three, not willing that any should perish. And number four, but that all should come to repentance. I have a very simple message for you tonight, and I won't preach a long time, because God's going to do something great. But I want to preach to you about four things the devil don't want you to know. Four things the devil don't want you to know. Father, I feel your presence in this place. There is not a doubt in my mind that the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost is here tonight. Thank you for the miracles we've already seen. Thank you, Lord God, for being in our midst tonight. I'm asking right now, Lord God, that you would prepare the hearts of men and women that have joined us in this place. Some have come here desiring the Holy Ghost. Some have come here because of a friend or a family member that has invited them. But, Lord, they're not here by coincidence. You have ordained them to be in this place tonight. Touch every heart, I pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, everybody said in Jesus' name. Before you're seated, would you clap your hands to him and lift him up, lift up your voice. Shout hallelujah. Tell him that you love him. God bless you and you may be seated. This very simple text in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 9 reveals the depth of God's love for humanity. The scripture said, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. I want you to know tonight at the offset of this very simple message that the devil does not want you to know 
know just how much God loves you. The devil does not want you to know just how great his desire is to have a relationship with you. Hear this preacher tonight when I tell you that you are God's crowning, if you please, his crowning accomplishment of all of creation. God created man that he would have a relationship with him. God created inside each and every one of us a desire to know him. And for 6,000 years now, God has been attempting to get close to and to know and to love and to have a relationship with man that he created. Some of you are going to find that relationship in this place tonight. The devil would love to keep you thinking that God doesn't love you. He'd like you to think that God won't save you. I had a precious person come to me in this very camp meeting and say, Brother Cunningham, I've sought for the Holy Ghost for many, many years, but evidently God doesn't love me. There's something wrong with me. I'm going to tell you tonight, God loves you more than your human mind is able to comprehend. God wants to give you the baptism of the Holy Ghost more than you're capable of wanting to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I've got good news for every hungry heart that is in here tonight. He has come into this place tonight to fill you with his spirit. Everybody that believes that, clap your hand and holler hallelujah. The apostle Peter wrote, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. You and I are so aware that family members very often will make promises to us, and perhaps they don't mean to do it, and perhaps they don't want to do it, but sometimes, often, too often, those promises are broken. We make promises to our spouse and our spouse to us, and sometimes there are things that happen that are beyond our ability and even those precious promises be, uh, uh, between spouses are broken. Best of friends will make vows and things will come up and circumstances and time and space will cause vows to be broken. Our government makes promises to us and all too often we are disappointed by broken promises. But I want you to know tonight in Tioga, Louisiana that the God that we serve has never broken a promise. Our God has never missed one time fulfilling what he said he would do for his people. You believe that? Clap your hands and say hallelujah. Bible tells us there's three things that God cannot do. I've heard all of my life God can do everything, anything, and that there's nothing he cannot do. But he tells us in his own words that there's three things that he can't do. Number one, he said, for I am the Lord and I change not. God, number one, cannot change. The Bible said Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do you know what you're saying when you say Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever? You're saying anything he's ever done for anyone, he can do for me. Anything he's ever done anywhere, he can do it here. Anything he's ever done at any time, he can do it now. Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
shout hallelujah. God cannot change. Four times in your Bible, four times in your Bible, God said, I will not fail. Hello? He cannot change. He will not fail. And in your Bible, it tells us in the New Testament, the third thing God cannot do, the Bible said, the God that cannot lie. Everybody said, God cannot lie. God is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness. God cannot lie. If God said, if you'll ask me for the Holy Ghost, I will fill you with the Holy Ghost. There's no ifs, no ands, no buts, no maybes, no if the circumstance is right. The Bible just tells us that if you're hungry and you ask for it and you repent of your sins, God will give you the Holy Ghost. And the God that cannot lie is the one that said that. You hear me tonight? If God said it, you can write it down. If God said it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen just exactly like he said it. That old black back book is full of the promises of God. It tells us in Psalm 103 that he heals all of our diseases. Does anybody believe that promise tonight? That old book says in the same chapter that he forgiveth all of our iniquities. Does anybody believe that promise tonight? That book said, therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Does anybody here tonight know anything about the joy and the well of salvation? When I was a kid, we sang the song, every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, and every line. The Bible says it, I believe it, his word cannot lie. If it's written in the Bible, I'll believe it till I die. You hear me tonight, somebody has come to the house of God wondering if God will some way touch your life, if God would some way fill your empty vessel with his Holy Spirit. I'm here to tell you, God always keeps his promises. I said God always keeps his promises and the greatest promise in the book is the promise of the baptism of the Holy Ghost see now hold on brother King that's just for some folks that's just for a few folks you've got to be highly educated you've got to have a lot of money in the bank you've got to be real good looking you've got to have the right name you've got to live in the right part of town uh 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 hello that book said it's for whosoever will. Let him come and draw water out of the well of life freely. That book said everyone that asketh receiveth. You need to say that with me. Everyone that asketh receiveth. Say it again. Everyone that asketh receiveth. On the authority of the word of God. Not on the authority of Jack Cunningham. Not on the authority of the Louisiana District or the United Pentecostal Church. But on the authority of the Word of God, I'm prophesying to you that every person in this building that is hungry is going to be filled tonight. I'm telling you that everyone that asked him has the promise of receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Brother and Sister Ewing and my wife and I 
have been going to Thailand with Brother Cole for the last two or three years. Brother and Sister Ewing, a great blessing and a great part of that team. This last year when we went to Thailand, we decided that we would have a great crusade there. We've, uh, we've had crusades in Ethiopia. We've had crusades in Pakistan and El Salvador and in the Philippines, Brother Varnell. But we've never had a crusade in Thailand. And so Brother Ewing and I sat down with Brother Cole and Brother Chai Yoon and Brother Poling and we began to pour our heart out to them about how that we feel that God would give us a great crusade and an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in Thailand. Brother Cole said, whatever you brethren's faith is, I'm going to honor it and we're going to do whatever you feel like God wants us to do. Brother Poling and Brother Ewing and myself and Brother, Brother Dennis, we raised money for a crusade. Over $12,000 we raised, in fact, to have a crusade there in Thailand. Brother Cole's been going to Thailand for 31 years. They've had tremendous revival in Thailand. Little jungle villages and towns all over that nation. They've had revival. But they've never been able to get a lot of people together in one place because the people are so poor. And transportation for them is such a monumental task to be able to go 10 miles. It'd be like us going 10,000 miles in America. Uh, it's just a big deal for them. And so we come up with a little simple plan. We raised this $12,000. We sent it with Brother Poling. Go to Thailand. We told him three months in advance. Visit all of our churches. Make arrangements in every city and every village to bring people to the conference. Rent buses, rent trucks, rent, rent vans, rent whatever you've got to rent to get people to the crusade. In 31 years, the largest meeting we've ever had in Thailand was about 600 people in attendance. The largest number we've ever had get the Holy Ghost in 31 years is 57 people in one single service. That's the largest number that has ever received it at a single time or a single service. But we were praying and believing and hoping God that we could at least double that number this year in a crusade. Whenever we arrived in Kampang Pet, Thailand, we got off the plane. Brother uh, Ewing will remember the general board of Thailand meeting us there with the vans and the trucks to pick up all of our stuff and all of our team. Brother Chai Yoon hugged my neck and Brother Cole and he said, we've got a problem out at the camp, Brother Varnell. We said, what's your problem, Brother Chai Yoon? He said, we've already got 2,500 people on the campground. Largest crowd we've ever had was 600. I said, well, that's a good problem. And we had to take up some more offering among all of the staff to help pay for more food and more lodging and more straw mats and everything that was involved there. We had Thursday night conference, Friday night conference. It was great. And then Saturday night, we didn't go to the campground. It wouldn't hold it anymore. They moved everything out into a ball field, set up a temporary stage and a big old PA system and a, and a few little lights. And when we got there, about 7 o'clock on Saturday evening there was more than 5,000 people that were gathered in that field ready to hear the preaching of the word of God oh what a time we had we began to preach Jesus to Buddhist people people that the day before had been rubbing on the toe and the belly of an idol trying to get it to hear them trying to get it to feel what they were feeling trying to get it to touch them trying to get it to answer their prayer and we were able to tell that group of people that there is one that's not an idol he's not made of clay and of stone he's not made by the hands of a man he's the 
that his name was Jesus. We told them that they could call on that name and it wouldn't be like rubbing on the foot of an idol that when they called his name, they would feel him come very close to him. And the more that they believed on him, the closer he would come to them. And you can take your problems to him and he'll hear them and he'll answer them. In that Saturday night service, we only preached 15 or 20 minutes, a simple message of faith and believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as being the only true God. And, and, and when that service came to a conclusion and the altar call was given and the prayer of faith was prayed, there was a spirit and power of healing that moved into that place. It's one of the greatest miracles I've seen in my lifetime. Blind eyes were open. Deaf ears, a number of them, were unstopped. Lame people stood up and began to walk. One old man that had been carried into the meeting on the front row, he threw down his cane. Brother Ewing, you remember, he began to walk, and then he began to run, then he began to leap. It was just like out of the book of Acts when the Spirit of God hit that audience and they came in contact with the living God. I can't begin to tell you. I don't have time to tell you all the miracles that took place that night. It seemed like for an hour or more they lined up and came across that platform one after another testifying of how that God had healed their bodies, instantaneously healed them. We went back to the hotel, got up the next morning. The last service was going to be about noon on Sunday. It was to be our Holy Ghost service. We got out there and the crowd is back. The field is full, probably 4,000, 4,500 people there. Brother Billy Cole is the speaker. He asked, how many of you have already received the Holy Ghost with the Bible evidence of speaking with other tongues? I would guess what, seven or 800 people out of that entire audience raised their hand. Probably three out of four had never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. These were Buddhist people. These were people that worshiped idols. There was a wonderful Baptist man there, general superintendent of the Baptist Church of Thailand came. He introduced it to some 20-some of their Baptist ministers, and I guess about 400 of their people had come to our conference, and the Spirit of God was moving upon them. But other than them Baptists and other than our Pentecostals, maybe 11 or 1,200 of us all together, that's all there was there that believed in Jesus. Nobody else there knew anything about him. Brother Billy Cole preached such a wonderful message you see the buddhist religion teaches in reincarnation they teach their people to believe that you have to be reborn thousands of times before you are ever born a human the lowest poorest of humans has been reborn according to their religion thousands of times if you're born into a very, very, very poor family, they teach you've been reborn 100,000 times. If you've been born into a middle-class family, you have been reborn 250,000 times, according to their religion. If you're born into a family that's got money, they believe you have been reborn 350,000 times. The king of Thailand has two children, a son and a daughter. And their religion teaches that the king is the head of their church and that for you to be born the son of the king, 
you have to have been reborn 500,000 times. And Brother Billy Cole preached to that group of Buddhist people on Sunday afternoon. You can be reborn one more time and be born the child of a king. Just one more time. I never seen such a hunger in people. The Spirit of God began to fall. The Spirit of God swept across that audience. For the first times in their lives, they reached out to Jesus Christ. They asked him to forgive them of their sins. You should have seen that audience as they put their face in the dust of that ball field and cried out to Jesus for the first time in their life to forgive them of all their sins. And when they stood to their feet, Mother Cole said to them, raise your hands and begin to worship God and when you do the spirit of God's going to fall on you and God's going to fill you with his holy presence that crowd of innocent believers raise their hands brand new repentant people raise their hands and begin to call on Jesus and ask him to fill them with his spirit and the Holy Ghost fell on that audience and in a moment in just a matter of a few minutes between 1500 and 2000 people were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost I don't think I've ever seen a greater miracle in my lifetime. I don't know where or when I have ever seen God do anything greater. These people, they weren't like some of the other revivals we're having around the world in Central America, South America, and some of these other places where they already believe in Jesus. You're just introducing them to the necessity of the infilling of the Holy Ghost and taking his name in baptism, but they already believe in Jesus. These people just a day before were worshiping idols. You talking about miracles. You talking about revival. I felt such a holy presence in that place. I felt God move in such a wonderful way. But while I was sitting in this chair this evening waiting for us to come to the pulpit and we had prayed for Brother Tenney and we prayed for the sick and Brother Mangan led us in that powerful prayer to take authority over every hindering spirit. I sat in that chair and thought Thailand was great but I didn't feel one ounce of God more than there then I feel God here right now God is in this place tonight somebody shout hallelujah God is not slack concerning his promise if you desire to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He is here. Somebody said he is here. He is here to fill you with his spirit tonight. Somebody said praise the Lord. People from all walks of life today are receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I was just preaching in California about two months ago. A youth convention, nearly 5,000 young people gathered there. 
And at the close of the service, the Spirit of God was poured out. And they brought a great big old tall fellow to me, nearly seven foot tall. And they said, Brother Cunningham, this young man got the Holy Ghost tonight. I said, that's wonderful. They said, do you know who he is? I said, no, I'm sorry. I don't know who he is. They said, do you follow basketball? I said, not too much. They said, this is Philip Ricci. He is the number one basketball draft from the state of California. And God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Not long before that, I was preaching a youth convention on the East Coast. And they brought a young lady up to the front, a very pretty young lady to the front. Tears running down her face. Her mascara was running. The Spirit of God was on her. She just a trembling. And they said, Brother Cunningham, God gave her the Holy Ghost tonight. I said, oh, that's wonderful. They said, let us tell you who this is. This is Miss Virginia. She just won the Miss Virginia pageant. And she's on her way to Miss America. I'm here to tell you tonight, it don't matter who you are, honey. It don't matter where you think you're going. If you want the Holy Ghost, God, God wants to fill you with his spirit. I was preaching in California. We had a tremendous service, over 150, if I remember correct, 151 people that day filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I was walking back and forth praying with different people. I noticed a lady standing all the way to the end of the platform. She had about six people around her helping her praise, one on each arm holding her arms up, somebody in front of her fanning her, someone with a, a tissue daubing the perspiration on her forehead, somebody else rubbing her back. Now, none of them were praying with her. They just all taking care of her, just standing around her, taking care of her. And I asked the pastor, I said, who is that lady over there on the end? He said, oh, if you could help her, Brother Cunningham, receive the Holy Ghost. I said, oh, those people aren't even praying with her. He said, oh, those people don't have the Holy Ghost either. That's her servants. I said, what do you mean that's her servants? He said, she is the wife of the prince of Kuwait. Her husband is worth billions of dollars. Her mother and her sister has received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and have been baptized in Jesus' name. And they called her and told her, you must be in this Holy Ghost rally today to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. She flew here in a private jet airplane. She'd come out of the airport in a limousine. These are her servants taking care of her. He said, can you help her? I said, I sure can. I got over close to her and said, honey, let me tell you about the greatest gift that God's ever given humanity. It's better than gold. It's better than silver. It's better than money. It's better than fame. It's better than fortune. It's going to satisfy something inside of you that nothing else can satisfy. That hunger in your heart, that hunger in your spirit, it's never going to be satisfied with alcohol. It's never going to be satisfied with drugs. It's never going to be satisfied through promiscuity. A party lifestyle is never truly going to satisfy. Fame and fortune and prestige is never going to satisfy. God created you with a hunger in you for God. There is something inside of you that wants to know him. And until you know him, you will never be satisfied. 
Pentecostals of Alexandria four Pentecost Sundays ago, I think. It's when Sister Michael was still at home before that Hennigan boy took her away. She was taking care of the children over in Children's Church. And Lloyd Squires, if I remember right, was the evangelist. Is that right? And they're having Children's Church while we're having church in the main sanctuary. I think that morning we had about 75 adults got the Holy Ghost. And when we were done, they said, hey, the Holy Ghost has fallen on the kids. Come on over to the Children's Church and help pray the kids through to the Holy Ghost. So we walked over to the Children's Church. The Holy Ghost has fallen. A bunch of these beautiful little old kids got the Holy Ghost. Brother Ewing, I think 31 of if I remember right. 31, Sister Michael shaking her head, yes. Got the Holy Ghost that morning. It was beautiful. You know, there's nothing more beautiful than seeing a bunch of kids get the Holy Ghost. And whoever it was that broke those lights out last night needs another dip of it tonight. Just thought I'd throw that in. Sister Michael, we were having lunch, and she said, you all missed the most beautiful thing. Tell us what happened. She said those little kids all got the Holy Ghost and she had a microphone. And she's going from kid to kid asking them how you feel. What do you feel now? How you feel since you got the Holy Ghost? She handed the microphone to one boy, five years old. Handed him the microphone said, tell us how you feel. And that little old five-year-old boy threw his chest out and his head back. And he said, this is what I've been looking for all my lifetime. My simple sermon's getting away from me. God is not slack concerning his promise. Number two, but is long-suffering to usward. Do you know why you're here tonight? You are here because God is a long-suffering God. Hello? You are here tonight because God is, in fact, a God of mercy, a God of grace, a God of kindness, a God of love. You are here tonight because God has allowed, some of you aren't going to like that, but God has allowed you to walk down a path for years knowing that your path would bring you by this place tonight where you would have an opportunity to reach out and touch Him. I get so aggravated when I see people paint a picture of my God, some old man on a, on a high and lofty throne, some sociopathic sovereign, long white hair and a long white beard and a handful of lightning rods in each hand with a little smirky grin on his face and he just gets excited only when people step out of line because he just loves to zap people and turn them into dust and dirt and ashes. That's not the God that I serve. You didn't shout enough on that. I said, that's not the God that I serve. (laughs) 
You want to get a picture of him tonight? You need to get a picture of him hanging on a cross. You need to get a picture of him with a crown of thorn in his head. You need to get a picture of him with the blood running down and a spear in his side and nails through his hands and his feet. You need to get a picture of the tears running down his face. You need to get a picture of a God that loves you so much that he robed himself in flesh and became the sacrifice for sin. God loves you. He's standing here tonight with open arms saying to every man, woman, boy, and girl, no matter your past, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Do you know what that rest is? It's the gift of the Holy Ghost. Isaiah told us that with stammering lips and another tongue when I speak to this people, for this is the what? He said, come unto me, ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you you want the Holy Ghost tonight? God's going to give it to you. He's not going to withhold any good gift from you. Jesus told his disciples on one occasion, he said, if your son would ask for a piece of bread, you're going to give him a stone? If he'd ask for an egg, are you going to give him a scorpion? He said, if ye being evil or carnal or fleshly know how to give good gifts, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Ghost to them that ask of him? He wants to give you the Holy Ghost tonight. Number three, he's not willing that any should perish. The devil don't want you to know that. He's not willing that any should perish. It is not the will of God for one person under the sound of my voice to spend eternity in a devil's hell. Say, oh, preacher, you don't know who I'm sitting. It don't matter who you're sitting beside. It don't matter what they've done. It don't matter how low you have sunk. It doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what your sin is. Hello? We serve a God tonight that became flesh and went to a cross and shed his blood that we might have remission. Everybody said remission. That we might have remission of sins. And number four, you got to get the whole picture. God is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness. But is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any man should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I was sitting in my office one day. There was a knock at the door. I walked out. We kept the front doors of the church locked during the day. And I walked out to the glass doors. And on the other side of the door, I saw the roughest human being I've ever seen in my lifetime. I later found out his name was Tony Harn. But he's standing outside this door. Brother Tenney, his hair is all the way beyond his belt in the back. His beard covers his Harley Davidson motorcycle belt buckle on the front. He looks like he hasn't seen a bathtub in years. He's got a black leather coat on, a black Harley shirt, black leather breeches, big old motorcycle wallet in his pocket with a big chain hanging down around it. Got the big black boots on, knuckles all scarred up, rings on all of his fingers, chains around his neck, and he's knocking on the door of my church. I opened the door and said, may I help you? He said, yes, sir. Could I come in out of the heat and just sit down for a minute and rest? I said, you absolutely can. Come on in. 
He came in. We walked through the lobby into the sanctuary, sat down on the back row. I sat with him for a while and found out he hadn't had lunch. And there's a hot dog stand not far from the church. I said, let's go get a sandwich and some fries and a drink. And he went with me and wanted to come back to church. Now, we were having revival. We'd started a couple nights before, Edwin Harper preaching for us. And we were right in the middle of a good revival. And I begged him to stay for revival that night. And I, I thought to myself, he's accepting this awful easy. He, he, he's anxious to stay here in the church and stay for revival. And so he came to revival that night. He sat on the same back row where he'd sat during the day to cool off. And, and uh, he sat there through the whole service. Brother Harper preached a wonderful message, gave an altar call. I left the platform. I walked back to where he was. I said, Tony, why don't you come and give your heart to God? Big old tears welled up in his eyes. He looked at me and said, Preacher, you don't know what you're talking about. God wouldn't dare have somebody like me. God's got no use for people like me. I tried to convince him otherwise, but there was no convincing. He stayed right there in his seat. Everybody had left the church that night, and Tony was still there. I walked up to him and said, Tony, what are you going to do tonight? Preacher, if you'll let me. He said, I'd like to sleep right here on the floor in the church. Now, I don't know what possessed me to do it. I hadn't done it before, and I haven't done it since. But for some reason, I said to him, yes, you can sleep in the church. And I hope he got a good night's sleep because I didn't sleep at all. All I could think about at home was that dude and all his buddies are stripping the church right now. I got back early the next morning. Tony's still there. Everything's intact. I got him up. I said, Tony, tell me what's going on. You, you, you were here all afternoon. You stayed for church. You wanted to sleep in the church. Tell me what's going on. Tears welled up in his eyes again. He said, Preacher, I'm running from a motorcycle gang. He said, the only way to leave a motorcycle gang is to die. And he said, they're looking for me right now. And when they find me, they'll kill me. He said, but I can't live that way anymore. He said, the other night, and this is hideous. He said, our motorcycle gang followed some young people that were in a pickup truck. Followed them out into the woods. And he said, our gang just beat the life out of them. He said, it was a beating that was horrible. And he said, all the motorcycles are parked around and a big bonfire's going. And they're just literally just, just having their fun with these young people. And it's a horrible sight. And he said, in the dark of the night, I left my bike sitting there on the kickstand. And he said, I walked off into the woods and I walked and I walked and I walked. And he said, my grandma is a good godly woman and she lives in Pennsylvania. And he said, I called Grandma. And I said, Grandma, what am I going to do? They'll kill me if they'll find me. And he said, Grandma said, Son, look in the phone book for a United Pentecostal church. And if there's one in that city, they'll help you. I said, Tony, we're glad to help you. How can I help you? I said, Brother Tony, the first thing I want you to know if you're trying to hide from a motorcycle gang, dress like you are. They're going to find you for sure. I said, I can help disguise you. Edwin Harper and I took him to took him to the barber shop and they shaved him and cut his hair. And then we took him to J.C. Penney's and bought him some trousers and shirt and a sweater and some shoes and socks and a bunch of other things that he needed. And and boy, we just uh, if I wouldn't have been there to watch him walk out of that barber shop, I'd have never believed. I'd have never known who he was myself. 
He stayed there all day long. Came back to church the second night. My people did not know he was the same man that had been there the night before. But let me tell you something, church. And I say this with all sincerity. We had cleaned up the outside. But he was just as much a sinner the second night as he was the first night. Until you come to a place where you say, God, I'm sorry for my sin. And you purpose in your heart that you're going to turn your back on sin. That sin is going to stay with you. It's going to plague you. And if you don't ever find a place of repentance, it's going to cause you to miss heaven. That second night I went to Tony. Brother Harper was finished preaching. I walked the aisle. Tony, why don't you come to God tonight? He said, Preacher, God wouldn't want somebody like me. I have robbed. I've stolen. I've beat people up. He said, I've done armed robbery. He said, uh, you, you just don't know all that I've done. I said, Tony, it don't matter. You can go down to that altar and tell God from an honest heart that you're sorry. You can repent of your sins and God will forgive you of your sins. It doesn't matter what you've done or done is able to forgive you tears streaming down his face he said do you mean it preacher i said tony i'm telling you the truth he nearly knocked me over trying to get out of his row he didn't walk down the aisle he run down the aisle he wasn't caring who listened to him he wasn't caring what anybody thought about it i've never heard anybody repent like that in my lifetime oh god forgive me i'm a sinner He repented of his sins. We took him to the water. We baptized him in the name of Jesus. And when he come up out of the water, the Spirit of God fell upon him. And he began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. He was so excited, he didn't even walk up the steps to get out of the baptistry. I was standing out here in the choir loft on the outside front of the baptistry. He jumped over the side and bear hugged me and baptized me too. Repentance, repentance is one of the greatest opportunities that God has ever afforded humanity. The opportunity to be able to go before God and from an honest heart say, God, I'm sorry for my sin. And while you're telling him you're sorry, you purpose in your heart that you're going to turn your back on sin. And you're going to walk away from sin. You're not going to let sin be your master anymore. But you're going to serve the Lord with your whole heart. That's what repentance really is. My old granddaddy used to say it this way. He'd say, you're walking this way with sin. When you repent, you just turn your back on sin and start walking a new direction. That's really what repentance is. And the opportunity to go to him and say, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sins. I'm purposing in my heart never to do this again, Lord. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to give you my heart. And for God to say, okay, if you'll confess your sins, I'm going to be faithful and just to forgive your sins, and I'm going to wipe the slate clean and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. No wonder the scripture said, old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. Them th 
God. Because when I tell God I'm sorry, when I invite him into my life, it's a chance to start all over again. Stand with me for just a moment. I feel such a, you know, every night, Brother Tenney, it's been different in here. I feel such a wonderful spirit here tonight. I feel the joy of the Lord. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel like God's fixing to hand out miracles to every hungry heart. In this very campground, in this tabernacle, about five or six years ago, I had the privilege of preaching your senior youth camp. How many young people was here, Brother Tenney? In the night services, maybe a thousand, two thousand, probably a thousand or more young people. I made those young people a promise, Sister Mangan. Thursday night was going to be Holy Ghost night, just like tonight. And I made them a promise. I said, I, I'm, I, I'm not coming to go out to eat and fellowship and all that stuff. I will stay till the last kid has left the church. I will not leave the sanctuary till the last one is done praying. I'll pray with you if it takes all night long. If you're hungry to receive the Holy Ghost, I'm going to stay right here with you until God gives it to you. We had prayed a bunch through. I think 40 or 50 got the Holy Ghost that night. It was a wonderful service. A lot of kids were happy and filled with the Holy Ghost. Nearly everybody had left the tabernacle, but just a handful. Three or four kids sitting over in here. Brother Tenny and I was sitting right over in here somewhere. We were talking. And my girl right there, she's 17 now. She was 12 then. She's all the way on the other side of the platform over there praying with the last seeker. The last one, Brother Mangan, that wanted to get the Holy Ghost. She's over there praying with her. And I'm over here so proud, Brother Tenney. I'm telling Brother Tenney, look at that girl over there praying that last one through to the Holy Ghost. Brother Tenney said, oh, Brother Cunningham, she's got it in her blood. She don't have no choice. You, All you Coles and Cunninghams pray people through the Holy Ghost. And, and I was just, oh, I was so thrilled. And I thought, I'm going to go help her pray that last one through the Holy Ghost. The tabernacle's empty. And one person still, I thought, I'm going to go help her pray. And I'm walking over here, and I can hear her crying. I, I, I don't know what she's saying, but the tears are flowing, Sister Mickey. She's just a crying, and she's praying with this girl and patting her on the back. And the closer I got to her, I could hear what she was saying. She's patting this girl on the back and just weeping, real tears, just weeping and crying, saying, Come on and get the Holy Ghost. My daddy won't let us leave till you get it. <laughs> I mean, real tears. She was saying, if you'll get the Holy Ghost, we're going to go get pizza tonight if you get it before they close. She said, come on, get the Holy Ghost. You can go with us to get pizza. Let me tell you something tonight, honey. If you've come into this place hungry for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, when you get it tonight, you're going to go home to something better than pizza. You're going to walk out of here with the power of God living in your life. When you get the Holy Ghost, you're going to get the joy of the Lord. When you get the Holy Ghost, you're going to be a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. Time for somebody to get it. I said it's time for somebody to get it. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need to do something before we pray for the Holy Ghost. I told you a little bit about repentance. Let me tell you one thing that's very important for you to understand. It's absolutely impossible for you to get very far with God without starting with some sort of repentance. You need a miracle. You need a blessing. You need a healing. You need a deliverance. And especially if you need the Holy Ghost. It is impossible to get the Holy Ghost without first repenting of your sins. Am I right, church? And I think it would be right on this Holy Ghost night. I think it would be pleasing to God. I think it would make a difference in our camp meeting. If every person in this building would take a couple minutes and we would all cleanse our heart and our spirit through repentance. Old-fashioned repentance. Telling God that we're sorry for our sin. Maybe you've never prayed this prayer in your life before. But just tell God you're sorry. Tell God that you're purposing in your heart. You're going to turn your back on sin. You're sorry for every attitude, every action, every thought, every deed, every reaction that is contrary to his holy word. I'm inviting every person in this building to raise your hands to God in submission and let's all begin to cry out to him right now in repentance. God, forgive us. Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us tonight, God, for everything we've ever done that's contrary to your word. Forgive us for every thought, every action, every attitude that displeases you. Forgive us, Lord God, for every action and reaction that's not righteous. God, help us tonight to live a life that's holy and acceptable unto you. Father, we're asking you tonight to give us, Lord God, a special touch of your spirit. And Lord, we want our heart to be ready to receive that. Please, Lord, forgive the sins of your people tonight. Forgive the sins of your people tonight. We cry out to you because we need you, Lord Jesus. We are hungry for you, Lord Jesus. We are thirsty for a move of your spirit, Lord Jesus. We want our hearts to be pleasing and acceptable to you. We want our minds to be pleasing and acceptable unto you. We want our attitude and our actions to be pleasing and acceptable unto you. Forgive us, O oh Lord, and we purpose in our heart that we're going to turn away from those things and we're going to serve you alone. We're going to serve you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. By the help of God, we're going to serve you with every ounce of our being hallelujah would you raise your hands again right now and thank God for the opportunity to pray such a prayer would you do that raise your hand raise your hand and thank God that he hears and answers a prayer of repentance thank him that when you say you're sorry he says I forgive Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
The Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Let me tell you, friend, that if you said, God, I'm sorry from an honest heart, hear me when I tell you, God said, I forgive you. Is that the way it happened to you, church? If it is, wave your hand. Can they have that kind of faith in God? God wants to fill people with the Holy Ghost here tonight. God wants to refill people with the Holy Ghost. There's a young man I saw here earlier this evening that I saw here several years ago when I was in this district. And by asking around, I found out you're not where you ought to be with God. I want to tell you, friend, and you know I'm talking to you and I love you, but God wants to give you a miracle tonight. There's others here tonight that need a refilling, need a refreshing. There's some here that have sought for the Holy Ghost for several years. I've got good news for you. Tonight's your night. You're going to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost before you leave this place tonight. Now here's what I want you to do. We do this overseas and it works very well in crowds this size. I want to see God do something great, don't you? This is what I want you to do. I want you to turn to the person on your right hand and then to the person on your left hand with a great big Holy Ghost smile on your face. I want you to look them right in the eye and I want you to ask them, have you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues like Brother Cunningham preached about tonight? Would you do that all over this audience? Ask the person on your right and then ask the person on your left and remember what they say. Hallelujah. Now hold on. I don't want anybody to be left out. So peck on the shoulder of the person in front of you and ask them, and then turn all the way around and ask the person behind you. Make sure that all four people around you have been asked, have you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives utterance? Well, hallelujah. It's here, Brother Barnes. Now, let, let me tell you what just happened. Let me tell you what just happened. Somebody just asked somebody close to them, have you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking with tongues? And they grinned a little bit and said, yeah, I have. And they were telling the truth about 25, 30, 40 years ago. A year ago, two years, five years ago, they got it. But it's been a long time since they felt it or been renewed in the Holy Ghost. I want you to turn to all four people again with that Holy Ghost smile, look them right in the eye, and I want you to ask them, do you need a refilling of the Holy Ghost? I don't want to miss anybody tonight. Well, shout hallelujah. Shout thank 
Jesus. Clap your hands to him one more time. Now listen to me. The Bible tells us on the day of Pentecost that when the Holy Ghost fell, everybody listen to me. The Bible said that when the Holy Ghost fell, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God give utterance. Everybody said they were all filled. Everybody said they were all filled. Do you know what my goal is for this service? It's not 10, 20, 200. The goal for this service is I want every hungry heart to be filled. Here's what I want you to do. Everybody listen up. Here's what I want you to do. If you just ask somebody, have you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues, and they said, no, I have not, or if you ask them, do you need a refilling of the Holy Ghost? And they said, yes, I do, and they meant it. I'm not talking about a good saint that's already talked in t tongues ten times today and they want to do it the eleventh time. That's not what I'm talking about. But they said, yes, I need a refilling, and they meant they need a refilling. If they told you I have not got the Holy Ghost, or yes, I do need a refilling, put that big Holy Ghost smile back on your face. I want you to reach out right now and take them by the hand. And I want you to say, Brother Cunningham wants me to walk you down to the altar so that he and Brother Tenney and these great board members in this church can pray and God is going to bless you tonight by filling you with his spirit. Would you do that from all over the balcony, all over this floor? Just take them by the hand and walk them down here. Just walk them down here. There you go. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Just come on down here and stand for right now. Just come down here and stand. I want everybody to come. Folks that are in the balcony, God bless you for moving toward the stairs. Get somebody by the hand and say, come on. God's going to give you a miracle tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All of you that are coming in the altar... All of you that are coming to the altar, I want you to stand here just for a minute. Just stand here just for a minute until everybody gets up here. All of you that are in the altar, just come and stand. Those of you that are in the aisle, come on, right over here. There's room on this side. Come right on. There's room on this side, right over here. Come on. Some of you push out that way, will you? Push right. There we go. Fill in all this space. When we're full up here, we'll fill up the aisles. Hallelujah. We've got folks down both aisles, all the way out to the side. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Keep coming. Keep coming. Why don't we clap our hands to the Lord again for all of these that have come for prayer tonight. Clap your hands and thank the Lord for all of these that are coming for prayer tonight. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You folks, now just get as close as you can. 
Just get as close as you can. Back over here. I know there's not much room up here. Get as, there you go. As close as you can. God bless your hearts. God bless your hearts. There's still some coming down the side aisles over here. Just get as close in as you can. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, now everybody that's in the altar, let me have your attention just for a minute. Everybody that's down here in the altar, let me have your attention just for a second. If you're praying, stop praying just for a second and look up here. All of you that's in the altar, I want you to look up here and listen real carefully. Look up here and listen real carefully. I'm going to tell you five things that's going to help you tonight to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost or to be refilled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Listen very carefully to these things. Do what I'm telling you to do, and I promise you God's going to honor His Word. I just felt a rush of the Holy Ghost come through here, Brother Barnes. Hallelujah. My Lord. Listen very closely. Number one, you must desire to receive the Holy Ghost tonight. And I'm going to assume that the fact that you walked the aisle and made your way to the front is evidence of your desire to receive a miracle from God. Number two, you must have faith that God is going to honor His Word and God is going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Everybody said tonight. Everybody in this building say tonight. Not tomorrow night. Not Sunday when you get home. Not next revival. Tonight. You know what my faith is? My faith is that about five minutes from now, there's going to be a whole bunch of you speaking with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. It's here right now. Hallelujah. You must have faith that you're going to receive it tonight. Somebody said, Brother Cunningham, how do I know it's the will of God that I get it tonight? The Bible said today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Somebody said amen. amen. Number three, because of your faith, when I tell you it's time to pray, I want you to worship God. Everybody said worship. worship. What's the highest praise we can give him, church? Say it again. Come on, say it with all your heart. Say it with all your heart. That's the highest praise you can give God. Now, I told you, everybody listen up. Everybody listen up. I told you that it's impossible to receive the Holy Ghost until you have repented. Let me also tell you it's impossible to get the Holy Ghost while you're repenting. You have to stop repenting and start worshiping at a point. The Holy Ghost comes while we're worshiping God. And when I tell you it's time to pray, I don't want anybody raising their hands saying, Oh God, I'm a no good for nothing, low down dirty dog. You may be a low down dirty dog. If you are, God knows about it. But when you said, God, I'm sorry, God forgave you. And what I want you to do when I tell you it's time to pray, I want you to worship him with, with all of your ability. Tell him you love him. Tell him you want the Holy Ghost. Tell him how great he is. Say hallelujah. That's the highest praise you can give him. When I tell you it's time to worship, just raise your hands and your head and your voice and just begin, hallelujah, I love you, Lord, hallelujah. That's how I want you to worship. That's how I want you to worship. Number four. I want you to keep your mind right on him. Don't let your mind wander. Don't let the devil steal your miracle. 
by worrying about how, who you're riding home with tonight and what you got to do tomorrow and what you're going to eat for dinner and when you're going back to He'll try to get you to think of a hundred thousand different things. Keep your mind on the miracle. What God is doing for you right now, keep your mind centered on that. Somebody said hallelujah. Now, there's several children here that want the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you children how to keep your mind on Jesus. Here's some little children over here. Get a picture of Jesus in your mind. Sitting on the throne, hanging on the cross, just whatever Jesus looks like to you. Get a picture of Him on your mind as you're worshiping Him, and that'll help you to keep your mind from wondering. Don't open your eyes. Don't worry about who's around you. Don't worry about what they're saying. Don't worry about what you're sounding like. Keep your mind on Him and keep worshiping Him. And then number five, when you feel the Holy Ghost come upon you, and I promise you, you will. When you feel the Holy Ghost come upon you, and you feel that spirit begin to move upon you, it's going to be hard to speak in English. It's going to be hard to speak in your own language. When you feel God, I want you to quit speaking in English. I want you to open your mouth, let your tongue go, let God begin to form the words. The Bible said on the day of Pentecost that they received the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Open your mouth and let the Spirit begin to speak through you. You're not going to understand what you're saying. It's God speaking through you. Let God control it. Let God speak. That is the evidence of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It's not hard. Everybody say it's not hard. Say it's a gift. Say it's free. Say it's for me. Tonight. Say I'm going to get it. Hallelujah. I'm going to get it tonight. Now, if you brought somebody to the altar, there is no way in this world, me or this district board, can get to all of you that's up and down the aisles and across the front. We need your help. If you brought somebody to the altar, I want you to get around in front of them. Would you do that? You be the altar worker. Just get right around in front of them. Brother Barnes, help me, would you? Come right out here and stand. Just like Brother Barnes and I are standing right now. I want you to get in front of them. Face to face. Now, listen to me. I don't want you on their shoulder. I don't want you to behind them. I want you to get right face to face with them. Thank you. Right face to face. Hallelujah. Now, <laughs> when I tell you it's time to worship, I want you to let your voice out loud. I want you to raise the roof with a shout of praise unto God. The Bible said God inhabits the praise of his people. God dwells where praise is. And when I tell you it's time to praise, I not only want you in the altar, I want all of you all over the audience. I want you to join us, and we're going to praise him, and his spirit's going to fall in this place. Hallelujah. Now, if you're praying with someone... If you're praying with someone to be filled or refilled with the Holy Ghost, to be filled or refilled, when they begin to speak with other tongues, I want you to put your, just do it this way, put your thumb up in the air. We'll do it Brother Billy Cole's way tonight. When you're praying with someone and they receive the Holy Ghost, everybody try it. Come on, it's not hard to do. It's, it's real complicated. Put your thumb right there. You go. You know what that means? Nothing spiritually has no spiritual significance at all. 
All that means is that the person I'm praying with is talking in tongues. Whether they're being filled or refilled, we'll sort that out later. But it means the person I'm praying with is talking with tongues. And when you stick your thumb up, we're going to announce to the audience, here's one, there's two, there's ten, there's fifteen. I don't know how many there's going to be. It's going to build faith and we're not going to quit until every hungry heart is filled. Somebody say hallelujah. Are you ready to pray? Everybody lift your hands. By the authority of the word of God and by the power that's in the name of Jesus, I command you to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost according to God's holy word. Receive the Holy Ghost. Come on, church. Shout out to him. Shout unto him. Here's number one. Already received the Holy Ghost right here. Here's number two. Already received the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Number three. Number four. Number four. Number five. Number six. Number seven. Number eight. Number nine. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Here's number 10 right here. Number 10, number 11. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number 12. Hallelujah. I got it. Number 13. Number 14. Hallelujah. Number 15, one. Hallelujah. 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 Number 16, right down front here. Number 17, one right over there. Number 17. Come on, church, pray. Come on, church, worship God. Worship God. Number 18. Hallelujah. Everybody in this building ought to be entertained in the presence of the Lord. Number 19 right here. Get in the Holy Ghost. Number 20. That's it. Number 21. Isn't it wonderful? Hallelujah. Number 22. Number 23. Number 24. Way over there on the right. Number 25, over on my left, hallelujah, 
I want some of you young men and women that are great altar workers. I want you to come up here and help us. I don't want us to quit until we pray through every hungry heart. There's already been 25 filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah.